Welcome to the Bible Answer Show, a live and lively forum that brings together pastoral and apologetic voices from across the Christian community to answer your scripture questions. Our show is hosted by Pastor Michael Lance of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, along with a panel of pastors and other invited guests. The phone lines are open now. So, you've got questions, we've got answers on today's Bible Answer Show. I'd like to start today's show with two things. One, I'd like to say domo arigato, Mr. Roboto. <laughs> Second, I would like to say thank you, humans, for listening to the Bible Answer Show. Give us a call at 1-800-227-5278 if you've got a question. Uh, if uh, your robot has a question, I, I don't know. Maybe you could uh, have Alexa or uh, Google <laughs> give us a call. 1-800-227-5278. My name is Mike Massaro. I'm going to be picking up your calls today on this wet, rainy Thursday. Uh, so uh, put down your soup and uh, pick up your phone. Give us a call. Mike, I can tell you for certain that Google is not going to answer <laughs> questions as well as we will <laughs> I, regarding the Bible. That's that's probably Ooh. true. I, yeah, that sounds like a, a challenge. challenge. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So give us a call. Uh, I'll be picking up your calls, handing them off to our team here in the room today. we got Pastor Coach Chris Van Hook, Pastor Brian Richards, and Senior Pastor at Living Truth Christian Fellowship here in wet Corona, California, Pastor Michael Lance. Now, why did you not sing that line? I think that would be pretty Look, funny. I don't want to be weird. You know, I got to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> too, too, too late for Mike's that. never been weird before. What's so the, what's were you referring band? to the fact that uh, there was a headline today about robots having human rights? Is that I where you did, were going with I that? did see that, but I did hear the, uh, the, the uh, Mr. Roboto song on the way in, so oh, it kind okay. of inspired me. So. Now, but yeah, who's, I thought that was that? appropriate. That was uh, Styx, a uh, uh, great uh, 70s band. I thought that was appropriate, though, after the discussion we had yesterday about, I mean, seriously now, on the serious note here, we had this discussion about animal rights, and mm-hmm. I talked about plant rights, and uh, now we're going to be faced with our robots going to have the same rights as humans. Interesting. That is interesting. Question. You know, looking ahead another uh, mm-hmm. 10, 15 years, I think it's going to become more and more of a, a thing. Kind of weird. Real weird. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we have some open lines. Give us a call. Uh, in the meantime, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump into the uh, surprise uh, grab bag here and throw this one at you, guys. Uh, what do you think about this one? Was Jesus uh, crucified on a cross, a pole, or a stake? Because mm. I've seen different uh, depictions, you know, throughout history on some of these um, old paintings and things, and people mm-hmm. have talked about. Uh, different ways he may have been crucified. What do you What do you guys think? I, and a yeah, fourth option would be a tree. A tree, mm-hmm. yeah. hung on the tree. tree. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I I think to start off with, Mike, there are there's an argument that's been made um, by our Jehovah's Witness friends, and I don't mean to pick on them, but this is a way that they try to separate themselves, and they they argue that Jesus was crucified on a torture stake, uh, an upright pole, and that his hands were actually uh, above his head with a nail going through them. But uh, I don't think that's what they always believed. And then um, if you th- if you look at the gospel accounts, it says that the thief was on his right hand and on his left hand. And so um, that's interesting. Also, it says that the nails went, were, uh, went through his hands. I'm not looking at Bible verses right now, but this is my recollection. Um, so uh, his hands were actually spread out. And, um, you know, I think that the evidence is that he was crucified on a cross, 
Um, you know, there's there's a couple of different words. There's the word zulon uh, for tree, I think, Brian. Um, and then there's a there's a separate word for cross. But yeah, cross in Greek, stauros or stauros. Yes, something like that. Yeah, it, it, it's also interesting, Mike, that when it mentions the charge that was uh, written against Jesus, this is Jesus, King of the Jews, which was written in uh, uh, Hebrew, Latin, and Greek. The it says the written charge was above his head. It doesn't say it was above his hands. It says it was above his head. So uh, once again, we have uh, uh, the, the most likely instrument that he would be on would be a cross. And then I think there's also, uh, Brian, you could help with this in terms of just thinking of extra biblical sources. I know Josephus and others, uh, maybe even Tacitus, uh, might mention the cross as well. Um, so I, I think the best evidence, Mike, when you just kind of pick apart the text and look at you know, the way the, the thieves are said to be on his right hand, his left hand, the written charges over his head. There's nails in his hands, plural. I, I think that combination, plus you take the Greek word, um, you know, tree is mentioned, I think, in First Peter 2.24, yeah. Brian. And there it's Zulon. We have Zulon Press, which is like a printing uh, outfit. But uh, the, the other Greek word for cross, uh, I think, is used... Uh, everywhere else and um you know that's what i would argue mike is that was actually a traditional cross like we have go ahead brian yeah i i think you made a great internal case that 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 it was a cross you can also look at the nails yes you know um as proof that 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 it was a cross beam um now as far as extra biblical um as far as i know um in in roman history they they kind of crucified people in a variety mm-hmm. of different ways. They they would use crosses, poles, stakes. They do it upside down, as history shows. Possibly Peter was crucified that way, X shaped crosses. Um, so so they did it a variety of ways. But I, I think internally, it, it just makes the most sense that it was you know a, a single pole with a with a cross beam. And I don't remember all my sources for this, but I I've, I've gone over these texts a number of times coach and my understanding of the cross beam that one would carry for example down the Via della Rosa, uh the way of sorrows. Uh, I think and I'm going from memory here memory here is it's something like patibulum it's a a Latin word and that the crucifixion victim would carry the cross beam. And what's interesting is that Jesus fell under the weight of that crossbeam and had to have some help mm-hmm. um, in order to carry the cross. So, uh, or at least the crossbeam of the cross. Go ahead. Yeah, I think you guys did a great job there, um, both of you. And I, I agree, Brian. Uh, when you look at the extra biblical sources, you saw that there were several different ways. That's why sometimes it's a tree is representative of the cross, and that cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And so that was representative. And and, and uh, from the study I've done, and I, I watched a couple of different programs on this that were quite interesting. I think I shared that with you one time. It is possible that his hands were actually turned the other way and behind him uh, on that crossbeam, but it appears by all the internal evidence that there was a crossbeam, there was the sign nailed to the top, as, as you said. Um, but along the road, and, and this is where people have gone to question this, well, uh, along the road, most of them were on a tree because they didn't want to go to the extra expense of milling a you know a tree into cross beams in that so they just because there were so many people that were crucified and as you shared before pastor michael many of them were right on street level road level right in front of you not up 
somewhere we, where we sometimes. So I think we have to put that all together and use the best evidence. And since the Bible uh, gives us more evidence that there was the cross beam and, and that there's other pictures of that in Scripture, that that's what I would go with. Amen. All right. You're listening to the Bible Answers Show. We're answering your Bible questions here at 1-800-227-5278, 1-800-227-5278. Pastor Michael, we have something really cool coming up at Living Truth uh, this weekend. Do you want to you talk about that? I sure do. And I want to encourage you callers to go ahead and call now, because now would be the time that we'd have ch- a chance to really deal with your question and give it a thorough answer. So let me repeat um, that this is the number you can call now. We are live, and we do have open lines, 800 227 5278. Before I talk about the event, I do want to encourage folks that are out there to get a hold of our app because our app gives you access to a lot of different things that are available, sermons and the like. Brian, just spend like 30 seconds to talk about what people can access through the app. Yeah, so we have the app in, in both versions. It's uh, There's an Apple version as well as an Android. So you just search in the app store for Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It's a free app. And it has all of the previous podcasts of the Bible Answer Show, which I think is really neat. So people can go back and listen to all the way uh, the very first show uh, to where we're at now. And it has our Sunday, Wednesday messages and other things that a church app would have, ways to give. Um, there's devotional content on there, info about our church. Bible areas. reading uh, plan that you can access as yeah, well. Yeah, one-year Bible plan on there. So if you're out and about and you, you don't have your physical Bible with you, just uh, go ahead and tap into the app and you can read uh, some scripture for the day. It's really a, a cool thing to have. So uh, this is what's going on on Sunday night. We have Les Carlson coming out. He's going to do a one-man drama depicting St. John in exile on the island of Patmos, reflecting back on his life as a disciple of Jesus, his time with the disciples, and uh, just his experience in witnessing Jesus's miracles, the cross, the resurrection. Very powerful. Originally, I think it was done by Dean Jones and Les Carlson does a great job with this. This is happening this Sunday night. It's a great outreach event. It's something that you can bring unsaved family and friends to, even Christian brothers and sisters. Come on out, make a night of it. Go out to dinner. But uh, come on out because I think you'll really enjoy. This is a powerful play that I think you'll laugh and you'll cry and you'll be deeply moved by uh, the presentation of the gospel, which is really what this is all about. So St. John in Exile is 6 p.m. this Sunday night, January the 15th. The uh, As I mentioned, the, the information and directions, Brian mentioned it, are available on our app, but you can also go to livingtruthradio.org and find out information and directions. So come on out. We'd love to meet you. If you're a radio listener and uh, you attend another fellowship, this is an evening event. Come on out and introduce yourself to us. Uh, I think most of us from the radio show will be there, and we would love to meet you as well. All right. 1-800-227-5270. I got a quick question from the grab bag here, guys. And and sometimes uh, those of us have little kids ask this question. What do you think we're going to be doing in heaven? You know, you know, my son, you know, my older son, when he was little, uh, was worried that he was going to be bored. Yeah, as far sure. as my understanding from pictures, we're literally <laughs> just going to be sitting on clouds with <laughs> very little clothing, <laughs> looking like babies, uh, not really doing anything. Naked babies. <laughs> Naked babies with harps. <laughs> well, you know, Mike, uh, there's, there's kind of uh, two things to talk about there, because one is you have heaven, 
To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And then you have the resurrection, and we believe then the millennial reign of Christ, which is going to be very physical, and there's going to be, you know, the New Jerusalem, and it appears, you know, cities everywhere, and people having charge over things, and, and that kind of thing. So in this particular state, when someone dies and then ends up in heaven, what are they doing? We have just a few glimpses in Revelation 4 and 5, uh, Isaiah 6. And uh, when we do, we can see that worship is going on. We can see that uh, there's, uh, you know, reverence being paid to Almighty God. I had somebody just, you know, being candid say, you know, is it going to be a 24-hour church service? And if so, will we get bored kind of <laughs> along the same line? And I think we're going to just be in such awe of being in the presence of God. I don't think we can really understand what that means. So it's going to be deeper and more beautiful than we could ever imagine. Just being in the presence of God, just just try to get your arms around that one for a second. You know, uh, we've had some movies come out and, and we don't know, you know, all the validity of these stories, but we've talked about near-death experiences and people talk about colors that they've seen. And, and I can only imagine, I'm not giving credence to the stories. I don't know whether or not they're all factual or not, but I'll tell you what, we're probably going to see colors we've never seen before. But the, the main attraction is we're going to see our God. We'll see him face to face. And I think, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. There's not even words. I, I don't really have words to to really say what that's going to be. So it wouldn't be like a 24 hour Michael Lance sermon, like all the time. No, that would be hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't want to go there. Some people would think so. <laughs> Oh, boy. Okay, uh, Doris uh, in Redlands, you are on with the Bible Answer Show. Well, thank you for, I, I enjoy listening to you guys interacting with each other, and uh, where I'm at here in Redlands, um, I don't get some of the other Christian talk radio, so I appreciate the Bible intervention there. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I but I just wanted to put, um, you know, the Christian family uh, up there where people wouldn't be allowed to be offended because we choose to follow biblical standards for our lives. Um, and it seems like, you know, now people are... There was someone that received an award the other night, and I heard some feedback. You know, he had given, uh, you know, um, honor to his wife for being home and allowing him to do what he was doing in order... And she and she was staying home and taking care of the family, and someone that was offended that she would have to do that. <laughs> and uh, it's such a blessing being a mother. It's the biggest honor. I've done so much for so many people in my life, and being a mom was the greatest thing I ever did. And um, and I just um, don't want people to feel like they have to, you know, cower down and not share the blessing that it, you know that being a being a mom is, you know, being able to stay home and take care of your kids. Amen, Doris. And uh, this is the Bible Answer Show. If you want to sneak a question in, 800-227-5278. Hey, Doris, um, I want to give you a big thumbs up to what you said. And, you know, we live in a world today where uh, there are so many people that are so easily offended yeah. at so many different things. It just becomes, to be blunt, sickening, just sickening. Look, this has been the model from the beginning in just about every culture I can think of, 
there was a husband and a wife and a family. And, you know, Titus chapter 2, and we could talk about other places in Scripture, lays out the roles of a husband and a wife. And you know what? They're not. Uh, there's not a wooden structure to it where there's not some uh, wiggle room in terms of you know how these are all lived out. But the practical, uh, biblical roles are the best, and we keep trying to change things. And then the studies come out and say, "Hey, the best thing that can happen is mom being at home with the kids." And we're like, "Oh, really?" Well, God's been saying that from the beginning, and. Like, it doesn't mean that a wife can't work. We have the Proverbs 31 woman and, you know, we we have some of that. But look, the best scenario is to have a family intact with mom investing in the kids, dad uh, supplying for the family, then coming home and leading the family towards Christ. And look, uh, it's simple, but yet very profound. Yeah, I I would just add to that, that we as Christians just want to avoid two extremes. You know, we we don't want to... Uh, fall into one extreme where um, the wife has to stay home and and she has no ability to work or or have a career. Um, I mean, we have we have families in our church where uh, the wife is working full time and the dad is at home, and we would consider that an exception to what the the Bible says. Um, and then on the other extreme would be you know what Doris is probably you know referring to where the wife has to work. She has to be independent and have a career. I, I, don't, I, I just don't think we have to fall into either extreme. Yeah. First of all, Doris, I know you're a great mom because my mom's name was Doris as well. So <laughs> uh, I, I just want to commend you on that as well. And the fact that you should never worry about whether somebody else is offended, uh, you know, that you're a stay-at-home mom or that anybody else is. And I agree with Brian. We we here don't ever want to place a burden on people that they wouldn't be able to to handle, you know. Um, the reason I think that, that most of the studies show that it works better to have mom at home than dad is because God has wired moms with a nurturing ability. Mm-hmm. And when children are really young, us men, we can be really too tough on our kids. Mm-hmm. We really can. Or sometimes we... You know, if we think we're that way, then we maybe go too far the opposite way and let them get away with too much. We we don't have great judgment always in that, mm-hmm. where where moms seem to have this instinctive judgment oftentimes. Now that's not always true. It's not always true. And but and, it's but it is the norm. But it and, is the norm, and, and it's it, generally true. And it does go back, I think, to the way that God wired the roles. Mm-hmm. Is it's going to fit best when you're walking in the roles. It, all things being equal, you know, it's not always possible. And it's not a perfect world. But uh, I have a question for Brian. Do you make your daughter do push-ups? Uh, pull-ups. Pull-ups. At this okay. point. Uh, that's yeah. what I wanted to know. Yeah. Can she do one? She, she she's <laughs> she she can do them better than her older brother. She's already she's in the 90th percentile then, uh-huh. because uh, you know, as a high school PE teacher, I can tell you that if a female could do one pull-up, they're in the 90th percentile wow. of, of females because most females can't do pull-ups. It's just a, a weakness in the latissimus right. dorsi muscles. <laughs> just in case you hey, want to know, you get every kind of answer right. on the Bible Answer Show here, but that's that's the case. Hey, Doris, we want to thank you for calling. God bless you and your family, and thanks for being a faithful mom because... She who rocks the cradle changes the world. And, hmm. you know, the investment that moms make, uh, that's why football players get interviewed and say, hi, mom, mm-hmm. because the uh, what moms do. And if you're a mom out there right now and you're at home, listen to the radio and it's wet 
weather and maybe you've had to change diapers, wash dishes, do laundry and all that stuff. We just want to say we love you moms and thank you for your mm-hmm. faithfulness and your investment. And if my mom is listening, I want to say, mom, I love you and thank you for being so faithful to me. Mm-hmm. All right. Jeez, maybe we should all say uh, thanks to our moms. <laughs> maybe we should. I teared up a little bit there. One eight hundred two two seven fifty two seventy eight. You got uh, about a minute or two to give us a call. So, uh, as uh, Pastor Brian said before the show, don't be embarrassed. Just call the Bible Answer Show, <laughs> guys. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna fill the time with this one. Second uh, Corinthians three eighteen. What is the meaning of from glory to glory? Mm. Yeah, one translation actually has it from one degree of glory to another. And Mike, I think that is uh, really the picture of the Christian life. And it's a picture of sanctification. And it's a picture of us being conformed into the image of Jesus Christ from from one degree of glory to another. So that that is, I think, the context there. Go ahead. Yeah, that whole chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, I believe Paul is making a contrast between the Old Covenant with Moses and the New Covenant in Christ and how um, the, the glory that uh, Moses experienced was temporary and that glory faded. Uh, when he was on Mount Sinai, he encountered God in a very powerful way. He was the only one that got to experience that. And it faded as time went on. Whereas as Christians, we have the Holy Spirit. We are the temple of God and uh, His Spirit resides inside of us. And so that glory um, that was shown to Moses is now inside of us. Mm -hmm. And we get to grow in that as we become more and more like Jesus. We are jars of clay, as uh, that's where that band name came from, I believe. And we get to house the, the glory, if you will, in these vessels, and that's an incredible reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, the way the NIV translate it, uh, I, I do like it. It says, uh, it says, and we who with unveiled faces, and it, Brian alluded to that, you know, Moses had to put that veil over his face, but ours are unveiled. We all reflect the Lord's glory and are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing, is the way it describes it there which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. What that says to me is, is the more we grow in His image, in His likeness, and, and become more like Him by the power of the Holy Spirit uh, shining through us, the more people can see the glory in us. Uh, the glory mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit shines through us more and more. And boy, shouldn't that be the goal of all of our Christian life, you know, to, to allow the Holy Spirit um, to transform us into being more like Christ and seeing his glory uh, and, and being that reflection of his glory, you know, the, the, the verse that says we're ambassadors for Christ. You know, ambassador is one who is going to go out and present uh, the case and the being of someone to someone else. And so we want to reflect that glory. So I, I think that's an awesome verse. I think one of the, the biggest areas that people struggle, Mike, in terms of even making New Year's resolutions is they want to grow as a Christian. And I think Christians struggle in the basic areas like spending time in prayer, having a devotional life, getting into the Bible. Mm. It seems like in the basic areas, we have a lot of challenges. And some of them are schedule challenges. Some of them are, you know, we talked about moms, right? Moms <laughs> trying to find a, a moment for themselves. Uh, my niece, uh, you know, has a, a, a <laughs> her quiver run, runneth Very over. Full. And uh, she, I know managing her time is tough, and she's a, a great young woman of God. 
But, you know, sometimes you have to decide to wake up early or, or do something. So, you know, as we talk about growing as a Christian, here we are, you know, we're a new year ahead of us. A lot of us spend time with different people in discipleship. And maybe you guys could just give one thing, and I want to include Mr. Massaro here, mm-hmm. one thing that you would recommend that a, a very practical uh, encouragement that would help our listeners. What would you say, Brian? Yeah, Jesus says in Matthew 4, 4, uh, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And I was listening to uh, a pastor talk about this passage, and I love what he said. He, he, he applied the word of God to like food. It's, you know, it's like spiritual food. But, but what he also added is sometimes when we think of encountering God, it has to be this extravagant experience or when we're reading the Bible, like it has to come alive and, and, and you know, God speaks directly to us. And he's like, it, it's kind of like when you eat, like sometimes you have a great meal at a great restaurant and it's incredible. And other times you're in a hurry and you just need to get that food because it's nourishment to the body. And in the same way, just walking with the Lord, um, as long as we're consistent, getting that spiritual food in us. Sometimes it's amazing. Sometimes it's, you know, it's just food. But uh, if we just continue in it, then we'll be healthy. Is that like uh, when you were eating oatmeal pancakes? I still do that. You don't look very excited when you're eating them. No. no. The protein pancakes, yeah. <laughs> but we know sure. why you do it, because it's good for you, right? Yeah, it's... Coach. Yeah, I would just say, and I like what you said there, Brian, don't be overly concerned with what that time looks like every day, but but take some time every day to spend it with Jesus and not to be so concerned. You know, yes, we know that the Bible teaches that the overflow of our life with Christ will be the works, but let it be the overflow. Don't let it be the goal. My goal is to do this many works for God. No, don't have that be your goal. My goal should be to sit at the feet mm-hmm. of Jesus as much as I can mm-hmm. and let everything else uh, flow out of that. And I would say if, if you've got like a bunch of crazy stuff going on in your life right now, and maybe something came up today or yesterday and it's like, oh my gosh, all these things, rest in God's mm. victories you know, yeah. and that have come in your in your life, that you, you look back on those Things. God has carried you through these things, and He's going to keep carrying you through. He's, he's got mm. you. Amen. Our men's Amen. study this morning, Mike, interestingly enough, was from Exodus 16, and God had to command the people of Israel to rest. <laughs> and they were in such bitter bondage and grievous labors in Egypt, they didn't know how to rest. They never really got a rest. And so they had to be told to rest. And, and some of them may have been uptight in the tent, like, maybe I need to act like I'm doing the mud dance. And, and we, we need to understand we're free in Christ, and therefore we can rest in Him. Mm. Bible Answer Show is produced by Shane Lance and Cameron Thomas. Special thanks to our call screener, Joel, today. Hey, uh, Mud Dance Lessons here at Living Truth on Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Don't, don't miss those. And uh, we will catch you tomorrow on the Bible Answer Show. Thanks for joining the conversation on the Bible Answer Show. To find out more about the radio ministry, Michael Lance, or the church he pastors in Corona, Living Truth Christian Fellowship, visit livingtruthradio.org. Please tell your friends about us and invite them to join us any weekday here on KBright. And if they have questions, we'll have answers on the next Bible Answer Show.